0: Welcome to the Deep Dive Spirituality Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Brian Russell, and today it is my privilege to have as my guest my long-term friend, Dr. Michael Voigtz of Asbury Theological Seminary. Mike's an associate professor of spiritual formation, and today he's going to take us on a deep dive into the life of prayer. He has a new book called The Fourth Degree of Prayer, in which he shows us and reflects on what it means to move from loving God to actually life in God. I love how Mike talks about Christian spiritual formation, and you're going to find this episode really helpful. Hey, Welcome back, Mike. It's always great to have you on the Deep Dive Spirituality Conversations podcast.
1: Great to be with you, Brian. Really, I've been looking forward to this.
0: And we are now closing in on 31 years of friendship.
1: It's amazing. How many months and days? Do you keep track of that too? No, it's been a long time.
0: No, it's been, it's good. And so grateful uh, for you and here to talk about prayer. I mean, if you go back and listen to episode three and five, you can get some of uh, Mike's ideas about Bernard of Clairvaux and about, uh, all things spiritual formation but I wanted to have a chance to speak with you you just finished a book it's available now it's called the fourth degree of prayer and so could yeah. you give a little background on what led you to write that and maybe just give a little summary and then I'd like to ask yeah. you some more questions about prayer sure.
1: yeah you know in 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 the 25 years that I was in pastoral ministry and and in my time in, even in the classroom in the seminary classroom I discovered that people are intimidated by prayer. You know, you, you ask someone to lead a prayer or you ask a class who who would open us with prayer and everybody's staring at the dust on the floor. Um, we're, we're just intimidated by it. And why would we be intimidated to talk with the God who knows everything about us and still loves us? And so I wanted to write a, a, a book that, that, was accessible in its language that, that, that was very approachable, easy language, but also one that was rooted in scripture and in the long history of the church. And so the foundation for, for this book comes from Bernard of Clairvaux, who lived in the 12th century, uh, and, and, his, and his treatise called On Loving God. And so he has four degrees of love for God. And and what I've done is that I have um superimposed prayer on top of each one of those. So we have four degrees of prayer that, that, that corresponds with each one of his degrees of love for God. So I, I I explain what those degrees of love for God are in the book, uh, and, and then build the chapters. Um so really the, the goal is is not just to pray, but but to become prayer. Yeah,
0: and and talk a little bit about, uh, how prayer in your mind fits into our life, because in a sense, I think the subtitle I'm going to use for our conversation today, and this isn't from, it's really from your, I think your book summary, it's, it's, I called it, I'm going to call the episode something like from loving God to life in God. And that seems like that's the sweeping piece that you do. Um, and so how do we, how do you move from loving god to life in god
1: well i think it i i think it all begins with really assessing if we love god or not um if we can say that we love pizza and that we love god in the same sentence how are we using that word love you know love love draws us out of ourselves in in into The life of someone else it's not a feeling that we have and and if we love god truly love god then everything in our lives are are, is, is going to revolve around that love for god it's not fitting god into our lives it's not fitting quiet time into our lives it's it's focusing on god and everything else um is is secondary and and i know that sounds idealistic but i think you could you could be in in, in the middle of a shopping mall and live in god uh, and 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 not lose what it means for you know to, for our for, for your entire life to be um, revolved around god i mean paul says in colossians 3:3 3, 3, that 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 we've died and our our lives are hidden with Christ in God. And I love that phrase, lives are hidden with Christ in God. And, And I think people are frustrated with prayer because they're trying to improve their prayer life. And if we've died and our lives are hidden with Christ in God, you can't improve that which is dead. And and so we're trying to do work that that we can't ever do on our own. And, and and so it's just it's just being hidden in God. I love that phrase. And 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 that's part of this book as well.
0: And, and it's interesting, you start with the idea of essentially, well, chapter two is in the prayer in the first degree is the joy of self-discovery.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh and you know, I've had a, quite a bit of talk about uh, uh, of that and people that know me don't know have done a fair bit of uh, attempted at, at self discovery and perhaps I'm still stuck in uh, level one with the prayer even I'm willing to say that I like to think I'm a little higher but I'm I, I, I think I'm still at level one in some ways but and you have a quote that I really like It's from a newer writer it's um, Carl McCollman who I believe he's still mm-hmm. living and he, um, and I love the if this was on page 28 of your book, um, he wrote in one of his books, we are so busy labeling ourselves, judging ourselves, categorizing and interpreting ourselves that we simply lack the time or energy to discover our deepest, truest identity. Yeah. Now that's interesting. And you know, off off camera before we got on there, you were critiquing kind of like personal development and and make and just making distinction between spiritual formation and Christian spiritual formation. Right. I think that's implicit here. So, could you say something about that? Because our you know, in a sense, everybody wants to be known. We want to put labels on ourselves, but maybe we're missing something. So how do you, you use that McColman quote to uh, say a little bit about that distinction between formate, spiritual formation, maybe attempting to know yourself in the wrong way versus this deeper knowing yeah. of yourself?
1: Um, I think we have to make that distinction between spiritual formation and Christian spiritual formation. I mean, spirituality is, is anything that drives you out of yourself you to to attain some higher good that's what spiritual that's what spirituality is so to save the whales that could be a spiritual endeavor because you're trying to attain something greater than yourself now christian spiritual spiritual formation is different because unlike saving the whales was which makes you feel good about what you're doing christian spiritual formation is is always resulting in what's best for somebody else and that's following the example of Christ um Thomas merton uh, writes that that the difference between maybe in an, an Eastern approach to spirituality and a Christian approach is that an Eastern approach leads you to yourself whereas a Christian approach to spiritual formation leads you to the cross of Christ. And so what McCombin writes is that the first step of getting to the cross of Christ is understanding ourselves. And I've seen this in ministry where people will show up uh, completely without a faith in God at all. They get really involved in, in the congregation, give their lives to Christ, they're baptized, and within a month or two, they're gone. And I think what happens is that the person they give to Christ is not really who they really are. They give to Christ who they think people want them to be. It's not their true self as God created them. And, and so that's why, why McColeman says this, I believe that, that the foundation of loving God is knowing yourself as God created you. Even Saint Augustine writes, you know, you know, there, there are two great knowledge, two great things to know, know yourself and know God. And he says, which comes first, it doesn't matter to him, because each one of us is different. Uh, but Carl McColman is a lay cistercian in Georgia. And and um and it's a It's a terrific quote from a terrific book, and and he really reminds us that, that knowing ourselves and not as we want the world to see us, not focusing on our mistakes, not focusing on our insecurities, we are not our insecurities, we are created in the image and likeness of God, that's who we are. Yeah, and and when we can be honest about ourselves and really know that, then we're on a path to really being able to love God.
0: Just, just for someone who's listening and they're thinking, well, geez, I think I know myself, but do I know myself the way that you're speaking of? What are there marks? Do you have, um, like, if somebody, like, geez, Mike, I, I'd like to know myself better. Like, what what would you tell that person to do?
1: Well, I, I think... Um, What makes the whole process difficult for us is, and I I, I don't want to think all the world's ills are on social media, but it's social media. Yeah, that's funny. Because we want to present ourselves as someone that we're not. Um, I could go on Instagram and I can make myself really good looking, but that wouldn't be who I am. I could have a picture of my family on the beach and we're all happy. But what people don't know is three seconds after that shutter clicked, we're fighting. Now our, our family doesn't fight. We love each other, but just, just as an example, but, but it's difficult for us to understand ourselves apart from that uh, because we think that's who we are. And now with the metaverse, uh, it, it, we're, even, we're being removed from ourselves even one more step away. And it's, it's sometimes only God can reveal who we are to ourselves because we were told growing up that we are this, or we are not that, or we're good at this. We're not good at that, but have we really listened to God? Have we slowed down? Have we rid our lives of clutter, things we don't need? Um, I, I, I tell students, if there's anything in your life that doesn't draw you closer to Christ, why would you have it in your life? And the, the more of these things that we have, the more our, our distraction is going to be off of God and focused on all the things in this world. And the more time you spend with God, the more you're going to understand yourself. I mean, Cheryl and I have been married a long time on 34 years. I think if, if I got the, the year wrong, I'm in trouble, but it's something like that. And the more I'm around Cheryl, the more I seem to understand myself because she is so good at seeing what I can't see about me. And I think the same principle, um, applies with, with our relationship with God, the more time we spend with God, the more we are aware of God's presence everywhere we go. The more the Lord is going to show us, give us a more honest, a picture of who we are, not just in our emotions, not just in how other people see us, but who we are at the center of our souls. And and that just comes from just ridding your life of things that you don't need that, that, that take your focus off of God. You
0: know, that's really good too. I, I like the social media critique. Obviously it's a, it can be a useful tool in certain circumstances, but it can also be, uh, have always wondered like if people only had our social media feeds to write our biography, Yeah, what would people know about us? Right. And that kind of makes your, makes your point. Um, so so uh, one of the things I appreciated about your book is to me, when I read it, it's obviously about prayer, but there's another category that's sitting right under there that I think you've woven in so well. And in my mind, I would call it, um, you know, Christian perfection or even sanctification from a Wesleyan perspective. You use some other words um, with theosis and. You were pretty careful. I mean, your book's very ecumenical, but there's clearly that um, sanctification piece in there. Can you talk a little bit about that and how it fits into the four um, degrees of prayer, the idea that um, um you know we're becoming Christ-like?
1: Yeah. Um I think we frustrate ourselves because we do just what you just you use the perfect language to, to illustrate this. We can't make ourselves more Christ-like. We can't do it. If we could, we wouldn't need the Holy spirit because we could do it. And I think when we try to, to put forth all the effort, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Um, You know, if I have this spiritual discipline and then that one, and that one, and that one, the focus is not God anymore. And I think that's why I I really like the term the means of grace more than the spiritual disciplines, because because spiritual disciplines has to do with how we are disciplined. The things that we do means of grace is just a much one, much more wonderful term because the focus is on God. And we just engage in prayer. We engage in reading scripture. We engage in fasting and corporate worship. Because there are means or ways to experience the grace of God. Uh, and when, when we are trying to just be the perfect little Christian, we're setting ourselves up for disaster. Instead, how we can attain this is, is, is just it's just allowing God. To do the work in us by how we position our lives by the by the different um things that we focus on in life um now i'm not saying that we have to become a monk and live behind walls i mean we live busy lives but but what is our perspective of that life i've always thought that life is more about perspective than it is the situations we're in and and this, this, this idea of, you know, Christian perfection, entire sanctification, that's not something I think we should strive towards. That's a gift that God gives us by the way that we're living our lives, like by, by focusing on Christ. Um, Bernard of Clairvaux describes this in, the, in his fourth degree of love for God, which he says is, is loving ourselves for the sake of God. He says, imagine you're like a little drop of water in a glass of wine. It seems to, to disappear, but it doesn't. The water is in there because we have an identity. We, we exist. But all people can see is the wine. And so he, he writes that, that when people see us, they should see God and not us we should just shine that light of Christ so that we are reflecting his light. Um, and if people just don't see how holy we are. They see Christ.
0: That's so good. And I, I love that. So, I'm, I have uh, two longer questions than the, I'm going to ask you about books here at the Inks. I know that uh, we have some limited time here. So in one follow-up to what you just said, because there's, there's tension, right? Because you have to be intentional at some level on how you live, even if it's about discerning all the things in your life that are pulling you away from loving God. And maybe it's even a simple question is, okay, I love God, but what else do I really love? And just making a list. I mean, that would be something that you can do that perhaps would be illuminating, right? So the words like rule of life, even spiritual disciplines, that does come out of our tradition and i think your critique is really good but you also talk about um you know setting aside times for prayer so how do you balance out and and how do you approach actually let's just say a disciplined life in a way that is fully god-honoring god-loving and not simply
1: our works yeah good good question i i i think it's important for us to have have rhythms in our lives rhythms are in nature um you know you, you have four seasons and if if you know studies have shown that if that if if, if an animal for example doesn't is not able to experience four seasons it get, it it just withers away i mean we we need these patterns in our lives now it snowed in Kentucky today, I mean it's April 1st. Uh, but so so we're in that transition but but we can't just live our lives haphazardly. You know children when they're real young they they need boundaries they actually want boundaries. they want to know what the rules are. they want to know this is good, that is not good. They want to have a set schedule that's really good for them. it brings security to their lives. If a child doesn't have a set schedule every day, then they feel very insecure. And, and so I think it, it it's definitely part of our Christian history to have these, these, these rhythms throughout the day. And not, not like monks do, where you, where they you know they have they rise at three in the morning, go to bed at, at eight at night. And between that, they have seven times a day that they come together and pray through the, through the uh, Psalms. But but find rhythms that work with your personality, because we're all different. And say, okay, I'm going to try this for a week. Maybe you're real alert in the morning. That'd be a great time to to start your day with God. Maybe you're you're too tired in the morning. So at the end of the day, you do maybe a modified Ignatian examine and you just reflect your day. Okay, where did I experience God today? Where did I let myself down? Where did I let God down? Where did I not trust God today? Ask, you know, set some questions that at the end of every day you ask yourself those questions. That can help you because as you're going throughout your day, you're just going to be reminded. And and, and I think modern Christians are terrible at this. Uh, We, and and I don't really understand why. Where God becomes the exception in our lives rather than the center of our day. So it's not really just just scheduling God in our in our in our schedule in our calendar, but it's overlaying God over the entire calendar. So that. that God is all over our day, not just penciled in, like this is God time, this is me time. This is work time. This is shopping time. No, it's all God time. All of it is.
0: And and that's what you mean by life in God. And and maybe you could just say a word, like when you get to your fourth degree, that's life in God. And that's when you talk about um, a life of unintentional prayer.
1: Yeah, that and and it came to me uh, from the most unlikely of sources. Um, Van Morrison has a song. And in his, it's in, in his album, Avalon Sunset. Great album. And it says, when will I ever learn to live in God? Wow. Not bad for Van Morrison. That's pretty good. Because we're always thinking, I need Jesus in my life. Or I need more of this in my life. But when we do that, we're the focus. Because we're talking about my life. But going back to Colossians three three, if we've died and our life is hidden with Christ in God, then shouldn't we instead live in God's life? That I think is 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 the deepest aspect of of of, of a life completely centered around God that, that that we can have when when our focus. Yes, I live in God's life. God doesn't live in my life because. Colossians 3 3 I've died to myself I've taken up my cross so I live in God's life now and so it's not about improving ourselves it's not about any of that because you can't improve what's what's dead if you if you're dead to yourself you can't improve yourself uh, and so it's just reorienting our life in God not having God in our life and I that that I think is such a deep beautiful statement uh, from Van Morrison um, that I I thought that really exemplified what I meant by the fourth degree of prayer. And so I explained some of that in the book about, about what that looks like.
0: That's so good. I do want to recommend your book, The Fourth Degree of Prayer, to, to everyone. Mike writes. Clearly well illustrated. Yeah, if you're looking at the yeah, the video, it's right there. Uh picture right from the what the ab Gethsemane Abbey yeah. there on the cover, which is really cool. And you should read the book to get the full story on that. So we won't do the spoiler on that, but it's a really cool story that Mike shares. Um And also, the people should know that if they read this, it's not like a tomb. It's not like reading a Paul Tillich systematic theology. It's it's a it's a relatively brief book that's weighty. Every sentence is good, and it's completely accessible. So I really want to encourage you. This is a book that you could share with friends.
1: I tried to keep it short on on purpose because people are intimidated by prayer. They're not going to read a three hundred page book on prayer. And it's, and,
0: and it's not even close. It's more like, what, 150 pages, I think, or something less like than that. that. that
1: comes out. Yeah, 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 it's
0: yeah. like 125. I think 125. Cool. Well, like, tell us where people can find it. And also, if there's a couple of other resources you'd like to recommend yeah. beyond beyond your book, if they want to get into some of the weeds a little further, what are some of your favorite books on prayer, but first right. tell us where we can find your book and find out more um, about you.
1: The book is on Amazon. You can find it there, of course. Uh, Christian book distributors. I mean, it's a, it's even Barnes and Noble. Cool. I mean, you you. I mean, it's if there's a place that sells books, you'll find it. Um, so I don't think you'll have a problem. the The Kindle version is a is uh, is a is a good good version. i mean, it, it turned out really well. Um, if people are interested in, in 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 some other resources that might uh, uh, help you. I think the book by Richard Foster on prayer, it's called Prayer, uh, Finding the Heart's True Home. I think that's his best book. It's just phenomenal. Very easy, basic. If it, if you just want to know about the different styles of prayer, different types of prayer, I highly recommend Foster's book. Another book that's very helpful, especially for those in ministry, is The Living Reminder by Henry Nowen. Uh, He really, I mean, reading this book, uh, you are, as you read it, you're being directed spiritually by now. It's one of those books. Fantastic. um, The the Living Reminder. Um, More, in a more ecumenical um, sense, uh, there's a book by Michael Casey. He's a Cistercian monk from Australia um i have no idea how old casey is now but i think i mean i he's he's been around a long time he has a book that um uh, that the late cistercians uh read together and it's, and it's just called grace and it's such a wonderful book on understanding ourselves in relation to god so so i highly recommend that and 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 of course if if, if you want some uh, Little more meat. You want to go back a little ways. Um, the uh, Sermons on the Song of Songs by Bernard of Clairvaux, especially Volume One, um, and specifically Sermon Thirty Six on Knowledge, um, is is filled with a lot of meat uh, about about what it really means to live in God. And what it means to have this intimate relationship with God that is unexplainable, that God wants to have with us, but we don't avail ourselves to have that relationship with God for one reason or another. We're too engaged in other things in the world, but God wants to have this relationship with us. And so what Bernard of Clairvaux does is that he, he, he describes what this relationship with God could look like.
0: Awesome, well, Mike. I want to thank you for being my guest today. I want to thank you for being my friend, uh, and uh, and super grateful. And and thank you for answering God's call on your life and sharing
1: your knowledge uh, with us. Brian, it's always great to be with you. I wish we were together in person more than just on on Zoom. But uh, oh, I, I cherish your your friendship. We we've been through a lot together
0: yes indeed and and folks thanks for listening all the way to the end i'll have all the information and notes if you're interested in these books and i'll have a link directly to bernard of claire rhodes sermon number 36 where you can read other sermons if you want to but i'll send you right there and until next time live by faith be known by love and serve as voices of hope in the world amen Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Deep Dive Spirituality Conversations podcast. If you found this episode helpful, would you please share it with friends through your social media networks, as well as leaving a review to help other people find it. If you're interested in any of the resources mentioned, please check out the show notes. And let me again remind you, if you're interested in contemplative practices, my latest book, Centering Prayer, Sitting Quietly in God's Presence Can Change Your Life, is now available in paperback or on kindle recommend ordering it off of amazon if you want to do a large order i would reach out directly to paraclete press ask for sister estelle and you can get some deep discounts if you're interested in buying say any quantity over of at least three or more copies you can get good discounts directly from paraclete thank you so much for the privilege of serving you and we'll see you next time